I'm not gonna be afraid Cause these waves are only waves I'm not gonna be afraid No, I'm not gonna be afraid And I'm not gonna fear the storm You are greater than it's a roar Oh, I'm not gonna fear the storm No, I'm not gonna fear it Well, hello and Welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Well, <clears throat> today is Tuesday, January 23rd. It is an important day, and... The American politics as the primary season and the election season has officially kicked off. But we're not going to be talking about that because through everything that's going through, be still. Be still in God's word. Be still in his craziness of life and our craziness of life. And that's what we are going to be focusing on about and we're going to be talking about today. But... Before that, we're going to be just diving into uh, the, the, the Black and Bee books. I can't, well, I can't believe I can't say that properly, but the big word is trust sets you free. And that's what we're going to be talking about. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8.32 God's truth never restricts you. It always sets you free. Are you discouraged? Is there a is there a sense of bondage in a particular area of your life? A lack of victory over a certain sin, a harmful addiction? Is it possible that you do not yet understand a truth about God? that can release you if you feel powerless to meet the challenges before you take encouragement from the promises of philippians 4:13. i am able to do all things through him who strengthens me and if you are defeated by circumstances hold on to the truth of romans 8:28, that god can work your most difficult situations into his good. If you are enslaved to a particular sin, work the work uh, the truth of First John one nine into your life, which promises that if you confess your sins, God is faithful to cleanse you from all all unrighteousness. All of these truths. Await the Holy Spirit's implementation into your life. It is one thing to know about the truth. It is yet another thing to experience the truth of God being worked out in your life. God's truth will have no effect upon you unless you accept it and believe it. Perhaps you have already read and heard accounts of God working mightily in the lives of others. But have you 
allowed, wow, okay, but have you allowed God to implement those truths into your life? What truth about God would you like to experience or experiencing? In your life, what truth about God would you like to be experiencing in your life? Well, like, there we go. Ask him to implement that truth into your life today. Holy cow. Wow. I just want to tell you, we have all different sorts of truths out there today. Our truth is so different and our truth is so beyond, you know, twisted and diverted and and it is something that if you think wow okay let me reset no one really knows the truth anymore we don't you go to you turn on the news and you try to figure out what's going on in our society and you have to always validate these fact checkers but the thing is is that you none of us actually know what goes on none of us don't actually understand the fullness and where god's truth is because we've been watered down so much that we don't know what's going on and i also find it i also find it interesting to know that with god's perseverance and when we pray to him the truth will be will reveal unto us Many of us know, for example, stealing. Let's go to that example. A stealing is really bad, number one. It is true. Um, you never want to steal because, you know, when you steal, you take away. But somehow we have had a generation where we just, you know, where it's normalized. Where it's okay. We look in a we live in a society where if you steal up to eight hundred dollars, oh you know, uh, uh, pardon me, if you steal up to nine hundred ninety nine dollars, you're not prosecuted. What kind of truth is that? That that's a that's diverting away from the biblical truth of thou shalt not steal. That's diverting away from knowing God's promise for you to know that if you steal. It's not going to go well for you. Uh, if you steal, you're not going to go anywhere except hell. If you do not confess unto your sins. And it's also interesting because we look at our hearts and we look at our, our perspective. Where if we don't like the truth, we tend to call out the other side. We see it in our culture. Where somebody's like, no, this is my truth. But the truth of the Bible surpasses all understanding. The truth surpasses over what we believe. And it's like this. We, I've also had people say this, and I believe this is more than ever. The truth will become a lie, and the lie will become the truth. And that's what Satan wants. Satan wants to thwart, and Satan wants to deceive and tamper and make it look bad and kind of just make it mushy so no one really knows what's going on 
No one understands the truth. And that's why we have to be unto God and into his um, study his word each and every day to truly, to truly understand his truth. Now, with all this understanding, okay, now I'm not going to read, we're going to be in John chapter 6, um, through, <clears throat> we're going to be in John chapter 6, and we're going to be reading about, uh, we're just going to read and we'll see what God has uh, said for us. We're not going to read all of John chapter 6, but we're going to get, we're going to read a good chunk of it. And here's what John um, John 30 says, we're going to start off with John 30 because we have to, I'm all about getting the relevancy and the background story. So therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it before you? What work will you do? Our father ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me, me will come to me. And the, who, the one who comes to me I will be by no means cast out. For I am, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that, all, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me. And or and sent me that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. But here's where the plot twist starts, and here's where it just doesn't make sense. Well, it actually does make sense, but it just doesn't really. For the disciples back then and for people back then, back then, it didn't make sense to them. And that was a problem. And the Jews then complained because Jesus then stated that he was going to be rejected by his own people. And we're going to get to it. The Jews then complained and about him and because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is it not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then 
that he says, I have come down from heaven. And Jesus therefore answered and, and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, or sent me, draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. That anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall have no life in you. But whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last days. For my flesh is food, indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats of my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds me feeds on me, will live because of me. <clears throat> and this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate, the manna and, uh, manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. And these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Now, isn't that, that is actually a lot to chew on. That is quite a bit of things, and it's very complicated. It's, it's a word, and it's a truth, and it's from God. But you look at it. Don't you find it weird how eventually, after Jesus literally revealed himself to the synagogue, said, no, I am the one. I am he that provided for you guys. My God provided manna. My God made you guys sustain in the wilderness. What more do you need from me? What signs do you need? I literally raised Lazarus from the dead. I did all these things, and I had God reveal them unto you. What more? What else do you need? Excuse me. So you look at that, and it's, you see the stubbornness of us, the stubbornness of humanity, the stubbornness that's saying, well, no, that you're not good enough. You know, you're not good. 
And so we look at it and Jesus doesn't just give you what you need. Right? He does not. Jesus is what you need. And his truth is what you need. And you have to survive upon Jesus' truth. Man's truth will always fail you. Man's truth will lead you to damnation. Man's truth will make you to be in poor decisions. For instance, there's research saying that smoking weed gives you calms anxiety. Or saying that, you know, small dosage. Now, there's actually a report came out today saying that small dosage of heroin will actually give you um, give you some kind of a weird, a positive outlook at life. Only small dosage of it. And you see, people take that as truth. I take that as naiveness. You have to be that naive to believe to, and all that garbage. And, and think of it, the sad part is no one really does their homework. Yes, I mean, I said that directly. I said that, and I'm very, I'm actually very proud of it to say that. No one does their homework. And this is the thing that does bother me in this Christian world. They're so confident on saying, oh, no, well, we don't, you know, oh, I'm good, you know. I got my own truth. You got my truth. And, and there we go. We can all settle. But the question is, so we're going to settle for something like let's agree to disagree so that we don't actually get to the truth. And the moment that in our society, and here's the problem with my generation, my generation spends way too much time on TikTok. And we spend way too much time on social media and we spend way too much time on the stupid internet trying to find truth. And we look at, we look at the Bible and we look at, you know, they, they try to look in the Bible. They try to look online to see whether Jesus existed. They try to look online to see what miracles people have gone through. When all you can do is just open up the Bible and there you go. What more do you need? And so I find it to be interesting because Jesus just doesn't give you what you need. Jesus is what you need in your life. Your heart was created by him. And for him, you can fight and claw to gain the world, but without Jesus, you will never be completely satisfied. And we're seeing that our world, our generation is really not satisfied. We are very unsatisfied people. We are a very sad, sad generation. And a matter of fact, this is a very um, disturbing time. So we're in. we are. And when we have Jesus, we tend to be more satisfied. And when we have his truth, we're happier. And that is 100% true. Is there a growing discontent deep inside your heart? Excuse me. A hunger that hasn't been completely satisfied by the people? Pleasures, parties, material things, or accomplishments? Well, today is a day to open your heart to the idea that it is Jesus that you are that it is Jesus that you were made for but you have to walk away from less and ask him to become your more Jesus is enough for you and he is here
I absolutely love that. Because Jesus is enough. He is well beyond enough. He is sufficient. And I say, what more do we need? We don't need anything else. We don't need more materialistic things. And I find it to be also interesting how so many people in this world say, well, if I have more money, if I can work the extra hour, if I can do things a little bit more, I can be completely fine. You know, or I, I, I need this. I need this one more high to be happy. I need, I'm not content with my family. I, I don't want my family to be an embarrassment. Or I got to work that Sunday so that I can go on these nice trips and provide nice things for my family. Well, realistically, your walk with God is floundering all over. Your walk with God is like fish out of water. Barely surviving when you jump around and you see a kind of a puddle of water and you dive to it and you're like, oh, there we go, there we go, I got, I'm good now. But then that water hole dries up and next thing you know, or that puddle dries up and you're floundering again because you're thinking that you can do it all by yourself. And then you go for truth and you find the puddle of truth supposedly, but that puddle of truth tends to be pop. And soda is really bad for fish. And that is Satan. And when all you have to do is, you know, jump about a couple more feet and then you're in the ocean and you're in the crystal clear blue ocean. You're in the blue ocean where it just, which is in God's truth. And so with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, I pray that you can just watch over our hearts. I pray that you can guard us and you can protect us as we continue on the path that you have before us. I pray that no matter what happens, God, that you provide us with your guidance. I pray that no matter what happens, O oh Lord, that you can just provide the only truth, that you can be our own truth. We don't have to look for anything else for truth except the Bible. And that your truth prevails all others. Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have before us. So that when you cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have a blessed day. And I would like to apologize for those, uh, the periodic stops, because my reading is... I did a lot of reading today and it is, it happens when you get old, you pause and I don't know, I don't know if it's my age or not, but with this in mind, I hope you have an awesome day and remember to keep us saucy. Bye. Remember, I'd like to apologize. Remember, God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. The sparrows not worried about tomorrow, all the troubles to come. Lily's not thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I be? Cause you take